up, guys? Maisha back with another episode of Pressing Forward, the podcast. No Deanna this week, only because we have special guest Shamir Joe talking about all things basketball. Uh, the reason Deanna isn't with us is because, you know, Shamir is my guy. We're talking about hoops. I'm sure she don't want to hear about it. So if you aren't a basketball fan or you're not interested in understanding or learning about the recruitment process of what it likes, what it's like and what it takes, this episode is not going to be for you. But listen, anyway, you might find something interesting or you might be able to give this information over to somebody else. With that being said, before we get into the pod, I want to thank everybody that takes the time to listen, that has subscribed. Last episode with Mike gave us our most downloads ever in one single day. So Mike, you are a superstar. Uh, Thank you so much. Hopefully Shamir's episode doubles that. Um, but thank you guys so much for everybody that's been subscribing, that has been following, that has been, you know, just tuning in week by week. I truly, we truly, truly appreciate the support. Um, and don't forget, our listener suggestion box is open. Feel free to email us at pressingforwardpodcast at gmail.com to give us your listener suggestions. Let's get into this episode. What do you think, Shamir? I'm ready. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. So with us today is Shamir Joe, as I mentioned. He grew up in North Philly. Man, I've had to switch it up, man. My listeners going to think I'm being biased because all I got is North Philly people on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> but Shamir grew up in North Philly, um, 35th and Clearford Field to be exact. Um, went to prep charter. He actually didn't play high school basketball, That's which is crazy. He attended Cheney University, which is the nation's first HBCU. For you guys that don't know, uh, that's a historically black college. Um, and he studied psychology. He actually graduated in three years. Shamir, how the heck did you graduate in three years? And listen, a lot of sleepless nights. Um, but, you know, his dedication and, and, and it was hard work. You know what I mean? And you played basketball for Cheney, didn't you? Yeah, I did. That's, I that's crazy. <laughs> what? So what can you tell me, like? All right. For the people, what would you how would you introduce yourself? Like, what do you want the people to know? Like, how did you get into basketball? What was your upbringing like? Were you raised by a single parent? What was that like for you? Okay, yeah. So fortunately for me, um, I did. I grew up in a two parent household. Um, Both my parents played a pivotal role. And, you know, me getting into the sport, uh, my dad introduced me to basketball. My mom was kind of, you know, my number one uh, cheerleader, my supporter. So. I feel like, uh, you know, I got to give credit to both of them. I can't, I can't give credit to one or the other because, you know, somebody gonna be mad if I give them too much credit. So I'm giving credit to both of my parents. Um, Mom was the biggest cheerleader, huh? Yeah, of course she was. Every game, the loudest one in the stands, and uh, you know, just something that as a kid you you dream about. So yeah. Me and your, me and well, our parents, my your mom and my mom would be best friends. Mm -hmm. That was definitely how my mom was. (laughs) Traveled, never missed a game. Went to, Mm -hmm. to everything possible. So. I know you're saying you're giving credit to both of them. Mm-hmm. Who who was the parent that took you to the most games, would you say? Uh, probably my dad. Um, just because, like I said, he introduced me to the game. So I used to go, even before I played, I used to go to his games and watch him play. And then as I got older, he would take me to different leagues and different games and stuff like that. Um, he put the ball in my hand. They never forced me to play, though. It was always like if I wanted to do it. But I think watching him do it, I wanted to be just like my dad as a kid. So... I fell in love with the game, just watching him. And then I got old enough to to do it on my own. And I just kind of, you know, just kept going from there. So I love that. I love that. So growing up, you say you weren't forced to play. Did you just find a passion and a love for it? Like, how did that spark come to be? And like, how early on were you playing, would you say? Um, So obviously, I was always like the kid. I had the Fisher-Price hoop at like three years old. And I always wanted to, <laughs> to shoot. Ducks. And, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 
But then, you know, you get a little older, the court get a little taller. It's kind of hard. But uh, <laughs> um, I think my passion for it really came from, from just being around it so much. Like I said, uh, me and my dad have a very close relationship. Um, Every Saturday morning, uh, he would go out. Sunday mornings, too, he would go out to the park and uh, play. And I would go out and just watch him. Even today, like today we went out and played this morning. Um, Once I got old enough, we started going and playing together. But uh, we go out every every weekend early in the morning. We go out to... uh. Tempanani, the court out there um, where the Chosen League is hosted. And uh, we also go out to Narber sometimes too. And we play there. Um, and I, just, I met so many people in that environment, uh, friends and family, people that I consider family now that watched me, you know, before I was, you know, I was a kid. I was probably about six or seven years old. And then just watching them play and then watching them, how they learn the game and think the game, they teaching me stuff. I think my, my passion for the game really came from them. So I got to give credit to all of my, my Tim Street family. I love that. I actually grew up on a uh, Tempe and Tioga, Tim from Russell to be exact. So really? not too far from Crazy. not too far yeah. from where you hooping at. <laughs> so for you guys that don't know, no one knows this besides you and I and people that are in our inner circle. But Shamir and I actually met playing basketball at a at a recreation facility. So yep. when you guys this and this is specifically for our young athletes, you guys should explore go out of your own neighborhoods and go play at different facilities, go play at these different outdoor rec centers. You'll never know who you'll bump into. Genuine, genuine guy here with Shamir, man. This kid is so genuine. I'm saying kid, we're the same age, but he is one of the most genuine guys that I know. And I, and I say that in the nicest and humblest way possible because he just has a, he's a sponge, man. We, we do basketball clinics together and we've yeah. been, we've been doing some skills and drills again, just trying to motivate and help the youth. So. With that being said, Shamir, what was your upbringing like playing basketball? Did you play AAU, CYO, travel? Can you kind of speak about that? Yeah. So I was, again, kind of like what you were just saying, how people got to go, you know, outside of their area and play. I was one of those guys. Um, I was everywhere. I played all over the city Um, to start. I used to catch the bus from North Philly to South Philly or from, you know, South Philly to the Northeast. I was one of those kids that was always on SEPTA. I kept the trans pass in my pocket and I was just, I was all <laughs> over the city trying to find some runs. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, but seriously, um, I, I said, I, I fell in love with the game very early. So um, I met a lot of people. I was always exchanging phone numbers with people. So if someone said, Hey, I'm playing out here. Um, that's where I would go. And I, I didn't mind the travel. I didn't mind um, going to different places. Um, I played uh, in a whole bunch of, you know, the, the local leagues I would play there to start. But I think uh, I want to say my, Sixth or seventh grade year, I started playing AAU. And then once I got there, you know, traveling to different tournaments and playing in different cities, I realized like, yo, I actually, I'm actually, I'm not too bad at this sport. Like I can, I can, I can play with other people all, all around the world. <laughs> and, and you um, honestly aren't too bad. You're, you're actually a phenomenal <laughs> basketball player. And that means a lot coming from you. I, I really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I think it started, um, it started locally, obviously, but then once I started traveling, I started seeing other players and I'm like, man, I'm, I can play with you guys. I belong. And, um, so that started at a young age. So I was probably about six in about six or seven grade when I started playing. And then I just I ever since then I've been playing. I played every year. So um, my parents, they they kept me busy and I feel like it kept me off the streets, too. Because obviously, you know, growing up in North Philly, uh, it's a lot of, you know, a lot of distractions, a lot of bad influences. But I use basketball to kind of steer me away from all of that. So That's the best way to do it, too. Um, what was what was that like being a, a young black male in North Philly growing up mm. the, the, in the era that we did. And you're saying basketball kept you off the streets. Mm. What was around you that could have negatively affected, affected you or, or changed the route that you're on now? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, without 
get into too too many uh, specifics. Uh, just everything, drugs, violence. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of things that people who grew up even before us um, were tied into. So it's just it's like a generational thing. Um, you know, a lot of those neighborhoods that I that I was in are considered low income neighborhoods, and then obviously with the low income neighborhoods, are, you know, you have higher crime rates. Um, higher drug use, things like that. And I have friends and family who, who were even, you know, tied into that stuff and people I have friends who were dead or in jail. And it's like, you know, I just, I saw that and I didn't want that for myself. Um, So I had to, I had to find something to kind of keep me away from that. And again, I, I get credit to my parents because as soon as I was able to physically do something, they, they, they helped me explore all options and basketball just happened to be, you know, what I fell in love with. Right. So you definitely changed that generational curse as you as you called it, because you actually went to college. What was that process like for you? And can you talk about that experience and how did you get that exposure to play? Because you just say you didn't play in high school. Yeah. So that's the thing. I uh I went to prep charter. It was a, a great school academically. Um and I, I I never played there. Um it wasn't something that, you know, I I didn't plan on not playing high school basketball, but it just it didn't work out. Uh my circumstances were different. Um and I just after a while, I didn't have a desire to play for my high school. Um, so in order to fill that void, though, I just I stayed in the gym. Um, I worked out literally every day. Like after school, I was either going to the gym or going to the park, and I was working out, getting my shots up, working on my ball handling. Um, and and I just I tried to just get better every single day. That sounds like a cliche, but I really I wanted to work on something every single day and just enhance my skill. Um, I did, like I said, I played AAU though. So I played, I was one of those kids who played for like four different AAU teams at a time. So <laughs> every weekend, thought, huh? yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I'm playing like eight games a weekend, man. And it's like, I put a lot of mileage on my body, but I had to make up for that lack of exposure from not playing high school basketball. So right. I would see, I would see the top players in the public league or the Catholic league. And I still wanted to play those guys. So I was like, I got to get on these AU teams and I got to go see these guys in a tournament. And um, that's what I did. I used I used my opportunity. Uh, when I play AU, I used my opportunity to to measure myself against those guys that I saw play high school basketball. And, I, um, you know, I kind of used AU to, to still do that. Um, it's a different structure, obviously, but I feel like it benefited me a lot. Um, I had a really successful tenure with a lot of my AU teams. I, um, I played, you know, pretty much year round. So during the high school season, I was playing in a whole bunch of you know, fall leagues, winter leagues, and things like that just to keep myself busy and in shape. And then once that spring uh, hit, I was, you know, at tournaments every weekend. So I think it started there. Right. So, and, and I, I kind of spoke about this on our first or second episode when I introduced myself, because I just grew up playing recreational basketball mm-hmm. and I really didn't play under the whistle until I got until I would say maybe seventh, eighth grade, somewhere around there. And then under the whistle, under the whistle was high school, high school. And that was only because my mom couldn't afford to put me in like AAU. How taxing do you now know that was on your parents if they talk about that at all? Right. So that was something that um actually I learned at a at a very early age because um after my, I remember I was at a gym and I think a coach walked up to me with a um a flyer for AAU team and you know, of course in big letters you have the date of the tryout you have the name of the team the time and all that but then at the very bottom of that flyer you see the price. And I believe, don't quote me on this, but I think the price was somewhere around eleven hundred dollars for the for the AU team. That and I looked great. at that price. And I looked at that price. I said, man, there's no way I'm gonna be able to play for this team. So take it home, talking to my mom and dad. I'm like, yeah, I got this flyer to play for this AU team. And I was like, but it's eleven hundred dollars or whatever. So like, okay, cool. I give them the flyer and I go upstairs and I'm playing the game. I'm not even worried about it. I'm thinking it's it's on the back burner. So a couple of days later, my uh my dad's like, Hey, do you still want to try for the AU team? I'm like, 
but man, that's a lot of money to spend, you know, to play. And then he's like, you know, don't, you know, don't worry about it. We want you to, we want this for you because we know you're not playing for your school. We want you to still have your opportunities to, to develop your game and get better. And from there, I've realized that like my parents weren't investing in, in me. Like a lot of people, like you said, aren't fortunate enough to even have the the financial means to do that. Um, so I consider myself very blessed to that my parents were able to, to even take that chance on me. But I knew that once they were making that investment, my mindset was like, I have to, I can't let them down now. You know what I mean? I have to use this and capitalize on it as much as I can because they're putting so much out just for me to, you know, be able to do something that I consider a luxury because like I said, every kid doesn't get to do that. Right. So when they, when they, when they decided to to make that decision for me, um, I was like, now I have to make the most out of it. I can't go into it and, and, and be kind of casual with it. I got to go into it, you know, with intensity and, and attack it. And that's kind of what I did. Um, I, obviously, I made the AU team, but my parents spent a lot of money on on, Casually, on the AU, the program. AU team. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's I think that is a testament to just the work ethic that you have now with basketball. Like Shamir and I will do free uh, clinics for kids and he's doing drills right along with them. He was like, all right, let's get some shots up right before they come in the gym. But that's that speaks to your worth ethic. So do you really believe and truly in your heart believe that the exposure that you got through AAU was part of the reason why you were able to actually play at Cheney? Can yes, you kind of talk um, about that? Right. So what I'll say is, so Cheney, I actually, believe it or not, I walked on to Cheney University. Cheney, like I, I got there on an academic scholarship and I was able to walk onto that team. But um, I did have offers and I had a lot of interest through AAU. So I had, I had another D2 offer um, when I was coming out. The only issue with that school, they didn't have the major which psychology. They didn't have a psychology program at all. And it was all the way in the South. So I would have been hours away from home and I, they, didn't have, they didn't have my major at all. So I, I chose not to go there. Um, so I had a whole bunch of, you know, people wanted me to go prep school because I didn't play high school. Oh, you know, come to this prep school and, and, and play a year there. And then, well, you know, I really didn't want to waste the time of taking a pretty much an extra year before I graduated from college. That was my main goal was trying to graduate from college. Obviously, I wanted to play basketball, but I'm trying to, you know, get my degree and I need, I need to make some money now. You know what I mean? So, right. um, so I think uh, the exposure, I proved myself, I proved to myself that I could gain exposure even when I played high school basketball based on the number of schools that were contacting me. I was getting contacted by D2, D3 schools and a lot of prep schools because people wanted me to go prep and then see how I went from there. I kind of right. bet on myself a little bit by by taking the obviously you know, you know I, I'm not betting on myself I'm not paying anything but taking the the academic scholarship to Cheney um not knowing that I'm going to play college basketball you know what I mean so I I went there on a limb and I was like you know I'm going to try to walk onto the team and it, I just happened to do it and it worked out um but I will say that you know had I not done that I, I you know I probably could have went somewhere else and played but um I definitely think that AAU played a, a huge factor in that and I, I gained so much exposure just playing in a lot of these tournaments like I said some of the guys that I played against you know were guys that every school wanted so it's like they weren't coming to see me specifically they came to see these three players on the other team but I played so well that they you know obviously they're going to say no to me too so I, I think I took advantage of a lot of those opportunities too so Right. That was a that reminds me of this one time. Uh, I, I forget who we were playing, maybe West Catholic. Mm-hmm. And again, I went to all girls Catholic school, Hollihan. Oh, rest in peace. It, it's oh, I didn't, I didn't even go to Hollihan. I'm like, I'm yeah, I went to Hollihan. OK. Um, yeah, I went to Hollihan. Um, but uh, my senior year, I forget. I'm pretty sure it was West Catholic. There was mm-hmm. a scout or recruiter there for another player on on West Catholic's team. Actually, mm-hmm. two players on West Catholic's team at the time. 
And after the game, she came over to me and was like, hey, I'm from X, Y, and Z school. I don't remember the school name. She was like, I'm here looking at two players from West, but you really caught my attention. And she was like, I'm going to give you this backpack. There's some information in here. My card is in there. I'm, if you don't mind, I'm going to grab your mom's contact information. We're going to talk to there. But it's funny because when you bet on yourself, like you said, mm-hmm. and you put the work in, you you got the talent, you know what it, you have, what it takes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just proven to others that you have what it takes. What right. was that like, like internally? Like, how did you, you know what? I got these offers to go D2, D3. Mm-hmm. I got an opportunity to go to prep, a couple of different prep schools, but I'm going to go out on a whim, go to this school, an HBCU, mm-hmm. which means something to me, mm-hmm. but also know that I have what it takes to play at this level. Like, what was that? What was that internal fight with yourself? Right. So it was, it was kind of like, like you said, exactly how you described it, an internal fight, because like my entire time in, in, in school, high school, middle school, my mindset was like, I was kind of naive as a kid. I'm not going to lie. Like I grew up a North Carolina fan. So I'm like, I'm in ninth grade, like, man, if I do this, this, and this, you know, hey, I'm we got Atlanta. endless right here because, because no. <laughs> Don't no. tell me you're a Duke fan. Don't tell me you're a Duke oh, fan. Shamir, we were good you're friends up me. until you're this point. Oh my, oh my gosh. Oh. oh my goodness. All right, yeah. Uh, all interview's right. over. <laughs> uh, we were, uh, I was just, that's crazy. Dang, we, we were was good so friends up like, until this point. Uh, I'm, I'm hurt right now. Yeah, that man. room, my day. Good Saturday and teach that. <laughs> Dang, man. <laughs> nah, but um, like I said, my my my, <laughs> my mindset was like, oh, I, you know, I'm I'm trying to get on the, the big stage. I want to play on TV every weekend, and you know, so throughout high school, you're realizing like you don't really not even thinking about D two schools, D three schools, things like that. But then you're realizing like as you get exposed to different things, you're realizing how talented these guys are at every level. You know what I mean? Like I know some D three guys who can really hoop. Like I don't think there are any college basketball players who are not good basketball players so it's like there's some d3 guys who will come in walk into a d1 gym and like you know leave those guys there's some d2 Wait, guys say same that thing. again there's no college yeah. basketball player can you repeat that for the people yeah everyone who plays college basketball plays college basketball for a reason like everyone who's there they belong on that level and people don't realize how difficult it is to actually become a college player. You know what I mean? Um, and that's something I had to learn as a kid. I'm like, I said, my goal, I was like, it's either North Carolina or Bush. I wasn't going to do. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't. If, if I got an offer from, from from Coach K, I was ripping it up and throwing it in the trash. So I got to go to North Carolina. I said, I got to go to North Carolina, man. So when I start hearing letters from all these schools, I'm like, oh, you know, I got a D2 school. Cool. You know what I mean? That's that's the first step. Now I'm, I'm expecting the next step. And it's like the next step never came. Roy Williams never, never, never wrote me a letter. I don't know. You know, maybe you have my address or what, but I never got that letter from Roy Williams. So <laughs> I had to really humble myself. And I think the most humbling experience for me was actually getting to play with some guys who played D2 ball, who played D3 ball before I got to the college level. I'm like, yo, these dudes are tough. Like, you don't realize that like people are talented and there's so many programs and there's so many players that are talented in the world that just being able to play at any level is a blessing. So for me, my mindset was like, I, I had to prove to myself that I had to prove to myself that I belong on the D2 level, even though my in the beginning, I'm like, I should be a D1 player as a kid. I'm, I should be a D1 player. By the time I, I was a senior, I'm like, 
I got to prove myself that I'm a D2 player. You know what I mean? And that was something that it was kind of, it, it was, it was, it was humbling. But um, once I was able to do it, it was something that I'm, you know, I'm very grateful for. And it was an experience that I wouldn't trade for the world. I love that. And you said you picked Cheney because of psychology. How did that major come to be? And what do you expect? What did you expect to do with that degree once you graduated? Right. So I was always into psychology um, throughout my, pretty much like throughout my entire life. Uh, I think when I got to high school, my, my freshman year of high school, I said that I probably would major in psychology. It's because I, I like to think about how people think. I like to think about how people move and react to things. And um, it was just something that, it's not something that you heard about every day at that, at that time. Like I didn't have a psychology class in high school. So it was something that was always intriguing to me. And I felt like you could do so many different things with it. Um, so my original plan before, before I got to college, I'm going to major in psychology and I want to become a um, you know psychiatrist. I wanted to go to medical school and all of that. And then I got to college and I realized that medical school is probably not for me. <laughs> I was like, I don't even, I don't even like science. I, I like psychology. I don't even like science. So what, what am I doing trying to go to medical school? Right. So uh, I, I'd say about halfway in like by my sophomore year, I realized I kind of changed my mind about what I wanted to do after undergrad. Um, so now I'm, I'm in the process of, uh, you know, applying for doctoral programs and um, I want to become a professor of psychology, which is still, you know, very difficult, but I can avoid med- medical school by, you know, just going and getting a side deep. So that's my, that's my next step in this process. But, um, you know, it was kind of something that I, I always had in the back of my head that I was going to do something in the, the field. I just didn't know what exactly it was until I got to college. I love that. And I kind of like bypassed, not bypassed everything you said. Just that question came to my head and I had to ask it because I am I have like uh, an attention span of a fly. So the question would have went out of my head if I didn't ask it. But I just want to give you, I think it's it's such a, um, how, do I, how do I say this? It defines you as a person. The fact that you were willing to bet on yourself after your parents invested all this time, energy, and money into you. And you knowing, I have what it takes, right? I know what I can do. I played against these guys. I have what it takes. The fact that you bet on yourself and you kind of took a chance. And guess what? That chance paid off. Graduated in three years. You got to play college basketball. You got to play against some, a, a lot of talent, right? You probably met a whole lot of people. You got to do some yeah, traveling. Absolutely. Can you talk about that? Yeah, that's, that's so, you can't say it during the game, but like, there's some, some players, man. I see them play. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm watching them play or I'm, I'm playing against them. I'm guarding guys. I'm like, this dude really can hoop. Like, I didn't, I didn't realize <laughs> how much talent was out there, man. Like, it's been some, some, some very, very bad days for me on the defensive end of the floor. And you're um, a good defender. You know? And I, I, I really do try. I, I feel like that's something that, that you got to do or you want to be on the floor at any, at any level in college. You got to be able to hold your own defensively. But some of these guys, man, it don't even matter. Like, <laughs> hands in their face, they, they don't matter. They're knocking <laughs> jump shots down. That's how I feel when I play against you, man. No matter what, no matter what, hand in your face, you're going to get right by me. You're trying to make up for that. You're trying to make up for being a Duke fan. I see what you're doing. You're trying to butter (laughs) me up. (laughs) You're trying to butter me up because you're a Duke fan. I like it. It's working a little bit. I like it. So, (laughs) (laughs) no, but, um, you know, you know how it is too, too, but somebody's in the talent in this world, man. And I'm just fortunate to even have been able to be a part of that. Um, Obviously, I was able to, to to hold my own in certain regards too on a, on a basketball court, um, you know, at the D two level, and it's it's fun being able to compete with guys like that on a high level. Um, being able to to kind of again measure yourself against some of the top guys in in at your sport, and um, that experience is crazy. I, I've had some some 
I said some very good days and some very bad days on the court, but I, I, I wouldn't trade this experience for the world. And I hope that everyone who's trying to get to this point, I hope that they get there because it's something that you got to you got to see it to, to believe it. Right. And it doesn't matter what level that is. That's division one, division yeah. two, division three. The fact yeah. that you have an opportunity to continue to play the sport that you love against people that have invested time, energy and money and all mm-hmm. of that good stuff. I think you you said it best. You don't take it for granted. Like that's something I, I think we sometimes forget that basketball is an outlet. It's an opportunity, but it's something that we should never take for granted because it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have met you. You would have met some of the people that you've met and you wouldn't have that. I'm not saying that basketball binded you and your dad, but that's that bond that you guys. But that right. was something that you guys could both share and both talk over and all of that good mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Very what true. Advice? Even to this day. Go ahead. No, I was saying even even to this day, like you said, that those relationships that you build with people, they don't they don't go away. You know what I mean? It's something that can turn into any you know endless opportunities. So exactly. So with that, our podcast is really about educating, motivating, and inspiring all listeners. So this one specifically is going out to to athletes, right? Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to your younger self if you could give any advice? Uh, I got, and I, I hate to sound cliche. I really, I like, if anybody who knows, they know, I try my hardest to stay away from cliche, but I'm going to say something that sounds a little bit cliche right now. <laughs> You're a psych major. So we expect this. <laughs> <laughs> if I could say anything to my younger self, it would just be like work, work, work. Like you don't see it right now. You don't see the results of what you're doing until later on. But like hard work really, really does pay off. Like I, there's times where it's like I'm in the gym, man. I don't feel like being there. It's early. I don't feel like doing this run. But then you're in the the final minute of the crucial game, and you realize like the guard on the other side of the court is tired. He's hands on his knees. He can't breathe, and you still got a little bit left in the tank. Um, and you realize like man, this, those six a.m. runs paid off, or you know what I mean. All that time in the weight room paid off because now I'm able to finish through contact or I'm able to, to you know, I'll run my I'll run my defender and, you know, finish at the basket. And I feel like if I would have like if I would have worked harder as a as a kid, I'm, I would have been even more successful, like as I'm older. Like I, I didn't really develop that like killer work ethic, like where it's like that Mamba nothing. mentality. Exactly. I didn't develop that until I got to college, like in high school. My my workouts in high school were more, you know, centered around I wanted to shoot, I wanted to dribble, I wanted to, you know, but I wasn't in the weight room in high school. I wasn't on the track in high school. Like I think when I got to college and and I saw what it took, I saw other players more successful than me and how they work. I said, I gotta get like that. And then once I started that, once you start, you you can't stop. Like that's something that just it keeps going, it carries over and it shows. It's like you start to see yourself getting better and better. So if I could say anything to myself. Back then, I would just say, man, just just put your head down and just work, work, work. That's probably that. the, yeah, the number one thing. So. And you're probably like the hardest worker I know, especially in the gym. Definitely a, a big gym rat. Like I mentioned earlier, a sponge, always willing and ready to learn about the game. And we'll be playing pickup and you'll mess up on something and you'll be like, yo, give me the ball. Let me do it right. Let me do it again. <laughs> or then I'll, I'll mess up. You'll be like, yo, get out your head. Get out your head. You got this. And do it again. Yeah. Give, me the, give me the ball right back. So. I appreciate your friendship both on and off the court because there's value in what we're trying to do. And Absolutely. for people are like, what the heck does that mean? Can you talk about the AAU program that you and your father now have in place? Absolutely. So, um, yeah, we, we started this program. Uh, it's called 215 Basketball. Um, as you can probably guess, it's based out of Philly. Um, we started the program in 2019. Um, we were having a really good year. And then 
once COVID hit in 2020, we kind of packed it up and, 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 you know, sat out for the remainder of the year. We just uh, got back in the gym a few weeks ago. And, um, you know, right now we're doing workouts and things like that over the summer. We probably won't put our full team back together until um, this fall, maybe a little a little bit after the start of the, um, their school seasons. But uh, it's a 14 under AAU team. Um, eventually we're looking to expand to other age brackets. But right now um, we have a lot of kids in that age bracket. So we're focused there. Um, but it's something like, like I said, I'm really excited about this because, um, like I said, my dad introduced me to basketball and it's something that we can kind of bond over and it's how we give back to the basketball community because it, I used it to help me get to the college level and it got me through college. And now I'm able to give back to the younger generation. Um, it's something that I'm really excited about because I, as a, as a guard, I always feel like you're an extension of, of your coach on the court. So I'm able to actually be the coach now and, um, and my dad is my dad's probably the the most cerebral basketball mind that I that I know, and um, I'm, I'm learning from every day too. <laughs> yeah, even more than me. Like he's the one who teaches me everything I know. So yeah, I just did watch. I'm, I'm learning from him too. Um, but it's something that um you know started as a family thing, but we've extended our family to our players, to our community, and I can't wait until we we can get back on the floor. And, and and truly piece this thing together. Like I said, my, our goal is to to build. We want to start. We're starting with this team, and then you know next year we're gonna have another team. We're gonna eventually expand to both girls and guys teams. So I'm uh I'm very excited about it. And like I said, two one five basketball. Just keep an eye out. Remember the name because it's 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 coming. Hell yeah, they're coming, coming strong. Um, I can't wait to continue to see the success that you guys have because just knowing your passion for the game your 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 focus your attention to detail you're probably recreationally the closest thing that i'll ever get to like a kobe bryant because just that's the that's your work <laughs> oh, that I'm, being, I'm being dead serious you guys will never find a, a, a somebody that's as dedicated to basketball as, as shamir and i'm very grateful i'm very humble to be around that because like i said i with press forward hoops that's what we want to do we want to give back to our community two on five basketball is doing exactly that so for any young guy out there listening 14 and under hopefully you guys are listening to this make sure you go check out my family 215 basketballs that's what you guys are to me you guys are extending your love and your passion your knowledge for basketball to the to the younger community and that's what we need right now especially especially what's going on in philly the number one the highest the, the the most crime in any city in the united states that's terrible get your kids involved in these programs absolutely 215 basketball it's not super expensive they're not charging your arm and a leg. They're going to take right. care of you guys. You guys had workouts, what, last Friday for, what, $10 for a session? Yeah, $10 a player, the two-hour workout. And, um, again, it's, it's, re- it's very, uh, like, intimate stuff. So we're not dude, we're not just giving them some cones and having them run around. We're really showing guys the moves. We're showing guys why we're doing what we're doing. And I think the kids are more receptive to it because they're not just doing it from muscle memory. They're thinking as they're working. And I feel like that's the best way to develop skills. So. Yeah, man, you be having me thinking while while we be working. Out, man, I don't like. That <laughs> oh, can I let 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 me let me say something real quick about press forward hoops because like for for those who don't know, man, like you really, I don't even think you know this, but like you really, you played a, a huge role in my development as a coach because watching you how you work with kids and 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 your enthusiasm and then your attention to detail that was something that I tried to pick up on immediately. It's something I noticed when I when I first saw you coaching. And it's something that I tried to incorporate into into my workouts. So, uh, yeah, I, I like it's like you said, it, it's a family thing. Um, 
And and I just I appreciate you bringing me in and giving me the opportunity to work with you because it's it's helped me a lot, and I feel like it's helping the kids that I work with a lot as well. So thank you. I appreciate you, man. Uh, again, all that I am is because of people just like you, just giving me opportunities to learn and grow. I think when you have the same mission, and this is what we talked about in the last podcast, when you have mm-hmm. people around you that support what you're doing and believe in the message and the things that you're trying to do, you guys are going to accomplish great things together. Two on five basketball and press forward hoops can easily come together and do something really, really big for the city. And guess what? We'll be in no competition. There'll be no dollars trying to be made off of anybody. Guess what? We're just trying Mm -hmm. to make a difference. So with that, Chamir, I thank you. I appreciate you so, 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 so much. Um, Your friendship and and just your attention to detail. Again, for anybody listening, parents or 14 and under, go check out 215 Basketball. They're doing great things. Chamir is the best coach ever. We, we, we actually got the opportunity to team up as coaches together uh, for a high school invitational. That was a free event for, for Philly basketball pre-COVID, right before yeah. the pandemic yeah, shut everything exciting. down. We're actually right. going to do that again. We got that coming, but wow, can't get the details out can't just wait. yet, but it's coming, okay. it's coming I soon. I can't wait. Looking forward um, to it. I appreciate that. Shamir, so before we end this podcast, um, what's two things, two, two things that you want listeners to get out of this podcast about your journey, about two on five basketball, whatever the case may be, just two things. Right. Oh, so the number one thing, like I said, my path wasn't the traditional path. Um, I didn't play high school basketball. I didn't even get an offer to play at the school that I ended up playing at. Um, but like I said, sometimes you just got to bet on yourself. Um, just, just trust your process, trust the work that you put in and, and you'll, you'll end up right where you're supposed to end up. But number one, that's what, I, that's what I'll tell people. Like everybody's path is different. You can't compare yourself to other people. You just got to focus on what's in front of you, take care of what you can take care of and let the rest settle itself. Um, and number two, just like, like it's kind of similar to number one, but just like believe in yourself, man. Like, like you have to truly invest into yourself um, whether it be, you know, financially, emotionally, physically, but you have to, to work for whatever you want. Um, and you have to keep your, your mind on that goal. So for me, like I said, my, my mind was always, you have to find your motivation. I found my motivation was my parents invested into me. I want people to find that, find your internal motivation, your internal motivation and let that drive you for whatever you're trying to attain in life, whether that be, you know, excuse me, whether that be playing basketball or, you know, any other goal in life because there's so much more to life than basketball even though basketball is a very big part of a lot of our lives um that can that lesson can translate anywhere you can find your personal motivation to help you do anything so i think that would be probably number two for me i love that definitely you got to find that basketball will open up doors for people things that i've learned on the basketball court and probably same thing for you i've been able to take Mm -hmm. with me off court Absolutely. When I apply for jobs, they they love to see that I played a sport because that means I'm a team player. I can work in any environment, you know, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. So I appreciate you again. Those are two great uh, tips and two great um, advice pieces. So before I leave you off, right, mm-hmm. we got to talk about this very, very briefly. Where the heck did hashtag free the knee come from? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you should have known so it was coming. I, th- I thought you would never ask. All right. So honestly, like, I'm one of those, I'm really... I'm a really corny dude. I always have like little funny things that rhyme and stuff like that. And I remember it was probably about 2015, maybe 2014. Uh, I always wore shorts that were like higher than my knee. My shorts are always a little shorter than your average person. No, y'all. And you would wear shorts <laughs> that they wore like when they first started playing in basketball 70s. in the 70s. Like Exactly. 
that and, short. And for anybody that knows me, like, I am not the highest jumper. I don't have bounce, as most people would say. So I need all the advantages that I can get. I figure shorter shorts are, are more light on me so I can jump higher. You know what I'm saying? So that 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 was that was my mindset. I'm like, all right, eventually I'm going to be windmilling soon if I keep wearing shorter shorts. I'm still not windmilling today, but I'm, I'm getting it. You know what I mean? So, but your shorts are definitely <laughs> short. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I think Free the Knee uh, started, I said, I was probably about, it was probably like 2014, maybe 2015. People were like, yo, like, why are your shorts so short? I'm like, cuz, man, I'm just, I'm freeing my knees. Like, and then they were like, what? And I just, I just kind of ran with it. So I just, I've been, you know, every now and then I'll tweet it out or I'll put it on social media. And it just kind of, people just kept kind of like, going with it so by the time i got to college it's like it was a thing like people everyone was like yo free the knee like people see me on <laughs> campus hey yo i'm free the knee and it's like <laughs> i loved it so i just i kept it going i kept it going even today like i'll run into somebody and they don't i don't know who they are like people would look at me like yo free the knee and i'm like yeah like i don't know who you are but yeah <laughs> like it's funny and it just it's something that people just associate with me now and it's it's it's, it's a cool thing because i got i feel like a lot of people today are wearing shorter shorts you look on, uh, I was just watching the, the, the TBT earlier and the one dude had the, his shorts rolled up. I was like, man, I wonder if he, I wonder if he saw Free the Knee on social media and got inspired. If he inspired. was influenced. If he was yeah, influenced yeah. by me. You're an influencer, huh? <laughs> exactly. They need to, they need to cut you a check. That's what I need. I need a check. Everyone's like, oh, why don't you, why don't you come up with some apparel? All I'm, I'm not going to give out too much, too much details right now, but there may be some Free the Knee apparel coming in, uh, in spring 2022. But, um, that's something that me and my team are still developing. But anybody out there watching, you know, it's still, it's the middle of July. You know, it's hot outside. Don't have your knees out here sweating, man. Like, you know what I mean? Pull your shorts up a little bit. Roll them up a little bit if you got to. Man, it's, it's free to knee all summer 2021. So. <laughs> no, you at the point, you free in the thigh, my Yo, guy. everybody says Free that. in everybody the thigh. thigh. Well, we was hooping, like we was hooping recently. And one of my friends that never met him, he was like, yo, who the boy over there with his shorts all the way rolled up? I'm like, that's free to knee. That's free to knee right there. But he was like, he's free more than that. I'm like, yeah, that's true. He's free in the thighs. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's it's something that I just become so comfortable with. Like before I, you know, back in the, the day, everybody had the short, you know, down to the ankles and, you know, back in the AI era and they had the, the arm sleeve and all. It's, it's a different time. It's a different era, man. I'm bringing the 70s back. So don't oh, be surprised. Influencer <laughs> number one. <laughs> Influencer number one. Shamir, it's been so great talking with you. Thank you again so much to our listeners. I hope you guys, me. I appreciate it. I hope you guys took something out of this, whether it was trusting your own journey, understanding not everyone's path is the same, investing in yourself, believing in yourself, betting on yourself. Really, that's what we want. We want you guys, again, this podcast is to inspire, motivate, and educate. I hope this was all three of those wrapped in one. Jamir, you've been a great guest. Thank you guys so much. Continue to spread love, positivity in this world because we need it. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.